that sounds, it tells you that it is indeed Q&A on The Voice of the Cape, 91.3 FM, indeed, Thursday evening. And uh, yes, uh, you with myself, Mohammed Zain Machita, and I will be with you for the next hour, pushing all the right buttons on the other side, none other than Buta Rashad Jacobs. Well, uh, our lines are open immediately. You can start SMing SS, uh, your questions to the number 47913. And of course, yes, we are live in studio. Even though you're enjoying your holiday, uh, some of us still need to work and make sure that uh, you get your questions answered, inshallah. But, so those lines are open. You can SMS us on the number 47913. That is 47913. And, of course, we will put your questions to Mufti Abdul Qadr Hussain, who's joining us on the line all the way in Johannesburg. Assalamu alaikum, Mufti. Wa alaikum assalam wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. Jazakallah khayn, brother Muhammad Zain. Barakallah fikum. MashaAllah, how's Mufti keeping? And how's Joburg? Alhamdulillah, an extremely hot year, 30, 32 degrees today, mashallah. So wonderful summer days. Alhamdulillah, this evening, uh, Cape Town, not cold, but indeed uh, just started raining earlier on. So Alhamdulillah, we're getting some rain. Alhamdulillah. Mufti, going straight into our first question, it says, If a husband accuses the wife of things that is not the truth, what can she do, Mufti? Bismillahir Rahmanir Rahim Nahmaduhu wa nuswalli ala Rasulil Kareem Amma Bad All praise is due to Almighty Allah, the sustainer, nourisher, and cherisher of the universe. Peace, blessings, and salutations be upon our beloved master and leader. Nabi Muhammad Mustafa sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. If the husband is accusing his wife of adultery and flirting around and so forth, Almighty Allah tells us in Surah Nur, chapter number 24, verse number 4, وَالَّذِينَ يَرْمُونَ الْمُحْسَنَاتِ Those people who accuse the chaste ladies who are pure, ثُمَّ لَمْ يَأْتُوا بِأَرْبَاتِ شُهَدَاء Then they cannot produce four male witnesses. فَجْلِدُوهُمْ ثَمَانِينَ جَلْدَا Then whoop them with eighty lashes. وَلَا تَقْبَلُوا لَهُمْ شَهَادَةً أَبَدًا And their testimony and evidence will not be accepted. They are the transgressors. The verse goes on. But nevertheless, from here we can see and deduce it is a major, major sin when there is no evidence and the husband uses these type of words. So you, husband, you need to apologize to your wife. And remember, never ever utter these type of words again. And inshallah, beg all Allah for forgiveness. Shukran indeed. Uh, Mufti, can Mufti please um, perhaps have this answer? It says, uh, who killed Ubi ibn Khalf? Abu, Ubay. I think it would probably be Ubay ibn Khalf, Mufti. What's the question? Uh, who killed Ubay ibn Khalf? Ah, who killed Ubay bin Khalf? Mm. Well, remember, these were all enemies of Islam, and they were killed in different, different battles. So when you study the books of history, different names are mentioned. So you know history is always different people write different uh, names. So you can't pinpoint one person, but definitely he was non-Muslim and he died a non-Muslim. Shukran Mufti, next question. Is my salah valid if the Imam recites twice uh, Surah Fatiha in the first rakat? 
If the Imam recited Surah Fatiha twice in the first rakat, then remember the Salat is valid. But according to majority scholars, then he will have to make Sajda Esahu, especially according to the Hanafis. If he didn't perform the Sajda so, then the Salat will have to be repeated according to Hanafis. But according to Shafis, Hanbalis, Malikis, the Salat is valid, even if he didn't perform the Sajda Esahu. And next question, Mufti, uh, regarding reciting Surah Fatiha for Shifa, some ulama say seven times and some say once, which is correct? In Bukhari Sharif, it is mentioned seven times the hadith of Abu Sayyid al-Khudri is famous. They were passing a tribe, a non-Muslim tribe, and the leader there fell ill. So Abu Sayyid al-Khudri perforated the Salah Surah Al-Fatiha seven times and then blow on him and blow on him, and then he gave them some goats and sheep. So Nabi alayhi salatu salam approved of it, and this entire incident is mentioned in Bukhari Sharif. So seven times you should try and blow on read Surah Fatiha seven times and then blow on the person who's ill and sick. All Allah will give that person shifa, inshallah. The voice there of uh, the Honorable Mufti Abdul Qadir Hussein live on the line uh, there from Johannesburg, uh, taking your questions via SMS on the number 47913. That is 47913. And of course, if you've just tuned in, it is the voice of the Cape 91.3 FM. Now, Mufti, my son-in-law slept uh, out for six nights and came home as if nothing happened. What must we do as parents? Obviously, you need to speak to your daughter and ask your daughter that what happened, maybe there was some tension and conflict between your son-in-law and your daughter. So you get her side of the story, and then you tackle your son-in-law and tell him that, you know, how can you leave your daughter and his wife for six days and or six nights? Obviously, it's so dangerous and so forth. And there must be a valid reason. He can't just buzz off when he feels like and come when he feels like. The home is not the hotel, you know. He needs to be there. He is the husband. He is the father of the children. So he can't be shirking his responsibility just like that. Now, Mufti, if a husband had an affair and then ended the affair and made toba, this was years ago, is it necessary for the husband to still tell his wife what happened in the past, even though he made toba and he uh, ended the affair, Mufti? If the wife does not know about it, then rather keep quiet and continue making toba and begging all Allah, all Allah is sattar al-zunub, sattar al-uyub, the one who covers our vices and our sins. And if she knows about it, then don't go into the detail. Ask all Allah for forgiveness and ask her for forgiveness as well. But if she does not know, don't divulge it to her. She can indeed keep those uh, questions coming via SMS to the number 47913. We're going to pay the bills when we come back. We continue with Q&A. Live from Cape Town, this is the Voice of the Cape. The Voice of the Cape. The Voice of the Cape. Welcome back uh, to the airways of uh, The Voice of the Cape, 91.3 FM. We continue now with our program Q&A uh, on uh, The Voice of the Cape and still taking your questions via the SMS line uh, on the number 47913, 47913. And rather send any questions now, don't wait for the end of the program when we won't have time. So do send those questions uh, through now to the number 47913. And remember, SMSs are charged at 150. Now, Mufti, uh, can a 16-year-old shave his body and leg Hey, uh, he's extremely hairy. 
If a person feels that he's like dirty, hairy, and now he wants to remove the hair on his chest or on his feet and so forth, so all that will be permissible. But remember, for a lady to cut her hair, that is not permissible. The hair on the head, for the male, obviously, that is permissible. Now, Mufti, if your husband wants to take a second wife, and you as a first wife are not okay with it, even though you have tried to make uh, uh, peace with it and have uh, asked for, for guidance, etc., and the husband is fulfilling all his duties, can the wife still ask for a fasakh? Remember that the husband can take the second wife, but it is not carte blanche. There are conditions. He must have the financial means. He must have the physical means to fulfill the conjugal rights and so forth of both the wives. And most importantly, he must exercise justice. So Quran Karim states, If you fear you cannot do justice, then one wife only. So my advice to you, sister, will be wait and see that if he doesn't do justice, then you can request the talaq or you go to the ulama and ask them for fasakh. But now when he has still not taken a second wife, then you hang in there, make dua to Almighty Allah, and ask Almighty Allah for the best. Read Ya Wadudu, Ya Wadudu. Wadud is the attribute of Almighty Allah. Ya Allah, enhance the love in our marriage. So inshallah, he will realize all this gold, that you are gold, and in Nivayana is not so gold. (laughs) Next question. Can Mufti please explain the tartib of joining the Salah behind a person? Um, uh, Should you first make tabir and then touch the shoulder? of the person when a person is come into the masjid and now you see that there is a person reading salat so you tap him first and then he knows that there's a person behind him and then you say allah akbar then he knows that he must start reading loudly and so forth so first you tap the person according to the shafi school and then you make the takbir not takbir first and then touch the person now, Mufti, can I take out an insurance policy on my parent and pay for it and be the only beneficiary? It's not permissible. You want to now put your father, mother in a predicament in months of birth. So now you will now pay 100,000, 200,000. But when they pass away, you will now receive 1 million, 2 million. So obviously that is haram because what is that excess money? That excess money is interest, is gambling and so forth. So only the amount you paid as premiums, only that will be permissible for you. But remember the whole concept of life insurance definitely is not permissible and not acceptable in Islam. Uh, next question, can a woman have uh, hair on a chin permanently removed? It is growing thick and causing uh, embarrassment with you? Definitely, you know, for women, they don't, have, they don't have to keep beard and chin hair and all these things. So it's abnormal. So if the lady does some treatment there to remove it permanently, that's fine. There's no problem with that. Likewise, some women, they have a moustache and so forth. So they remove that moustache as well. Totally permissible. Next question. Uh, can Mufti please give the meaning of the name Salma? Salma comes from the word Salima, which means safe and secure. So it means, Ya Allah, my daughter, you keep her safe and secure. No disaster, no calamity, no musibah, and you know, all this type of accidents. 
It's a wonderful, beautiful name. Uh, keep those SMSs coming to the number 47913, 47913, uh, taking your SMSs. Uh, next question, Mufti. It says, uh, I have a problem with passing wind. I take wudu up to four times. Can Mufti please advise? Uh, shukran. It depends that if it is with the problem was with you for many, many years or just started or was the issue, the way the question is posed, it does not seem the person is ma'azur or daimul hadas that you have this problem all the time or most of the time. Then in that case, there you will have to repeat the wudu whether it's twice, thrice or four times. But if the person has this all the time or most of the time, then in that case the person has a valid excuse. Then for every first salat you will have to perform a fresh wudu. For example, when the uh, Maghrib time enters, then when the Adhan goes, you make fresh wudu for Maghrib. Then when Isha time enters, when the Adhan goes, you make wudu for Isha. So that is a person who is ma'zur daimul hadas. But in your case, you are not like that, so you have to repeat the wudu whenever it breaks. Next question, Mufti. Does a, uh, the cleaning of a child who has made number two in a nappy uh, invalidate an uh, adult person's wudu? No najasat, no impurity came out from you, the mother or the father, so your wudu is valid. Obviously, the baby, the child, so they don't have to worry about these things because they are baby and children and so forth. So you clean them up properly, wash your hands and so forth. So Allah is rech, you don't have to perform wudu because no najasat impurity came out from you. The previous question, the lady or the brother who's got problem with the wind, mm. read this dua, the hadith is mentioned in Tirmidhi, inna lil wudu is shaitan and yuqalu lahu al-walahan. For wudu, there's a shaitan, his name is called walahan. W-A-L-A-H-A-N, Walahan. So ask all Allah for protection from Walahan. He is blowing your fuses and confusing you. Shika, indeed, Mufti. Uh, next question, it says, uh, um, In my area, a few Muslim families collected uh, Christmas parcels at a church. They first had to sit through the service. Can Mufti please advise whether this is acceptable? Almighty Allah Jalla tells us in the Noble Quran, Surah 5, Surah Ma'idah, verse 51, Ya Yuwalladina Amanu, La Tatakhidul Yahuda Wan Nasara Awliya. Oh, you believe, do not take the Jews and Christians to be your friends and your protectors. Ba'aduhum Awliya Ubad. They are the friends and protectors of one another. Whoever befriends them, you love their way, their system, their festivals, then you become part and parcel of them. When the sisters or the brothers went to the church, they attended the service and everything, so they are out of the fold of Islam now. Because remember, this is an act of kufr, and a person goes beyond the fold of Islam. So they must repent, recite the kalima again. If they are married, then they have to renew their nikah as well. Nabi Muhammad sallallahu alayhi said, Whosoever imitated the people is part and parcel of them. The hadith authentic in Abu Dawood. Said Umar radiallahu said, Ijtanibu a'da Allah fi idihim. Stay far, far away from the enemies of Allah. 
during their festivals. The fatwa of Sayyidina Umar mentioned in Bayaki. So therefore, a serious crime has been committed, although the intention might have been noble. Shkamufti, um, uh, next question. It says, uh, my husband has taken a second wife. One of my young children had... Uh, uh, my children had is quite traumatized, but how do I deal with it? My child is five years old and cries most of the time for his dad. Can Mufti please give some advice? But we'll get that after this. Live from Cape Town, this is the voice of the Cape. The voice of the Cape. The voice of the Cape. Welcome back uh, to our program Q&A on The Voice of the Cape. Uh, keep those SMSs coming to the number 47913. Uh, that's uh, send your questions via SMS to the number 47913. Well, we posed Mufti uh, the question before the break. It says, uh, Mufti, my husband has taken a second wife. Uh, one of my young children has is quite traumatized. But how do I deal with it? My child is five years old and cries most of the time for his dad. Can Mufti please give some advice? When your husband comes, then you need to have a chat with him and be honest and frank with him and tell him that they see the condition of the son or the child or the daughter who's five years old. And he needs to realize that his responsibility is to you and the children and not only to the second wife. Because now the second wife is new. So kullu jadid in laziz. In Arabic we have a proverb that things that are new are very tasty and delicious. So now he started forgetting about you and the children. So that definitely is unacceptable. And you must be very firm with your husband and show him that he can't be forgetting his children in the process. That definitely is unacceptable and continue making dua. Surah 25, verse 74. Oh Allah, grant us such spouses and such children that are the coolness of the eyes. Mufti, what must I do if my husband drinks wine and he acts as if there's nothing wrong with doing it, Mufti? If a person takes alcohol, wine, and all these type of things and considers it permissible, then that person is out of the fall of Islam. And if he says, no, I know it's haram, but still he's drinking it, Allah forbid, then he is a major, major sinner and a transgressor. So if he does not want to listen, then remember, it's best for you to leave him because this alcohol is... Min amali shaitan, ritsum min amali shaitan, something impure and hated by all Allah, the handiwork of shaitan. And hadith of Nabi alayhi salatu salam, Muslim Ahmad and various compilations, al-khamru ummul fawahish, al-khamru ummul khabaish. It is a mother of all vices and all evil. We can just see the havoc and the mayhem on the roads now during the silly season. So my advice to you, if he does not want to leave the alcohol, the wine, give him ultimatum, then tell him you and your children are walking away. Uh, next question, it says, uh, Salam Mufti, my son is three months old already. I still get a spot head. Can I take ghusl and uh, make salah? Remember, sister, that when you gave birth, then the maximum period for nifas, the postnatal, is 60 days according to the Shafi'is. 
and 40 days for the Hanafis and the Hanbalis. So you way past that. So definitely you had to take a first ghusl already at 60 days and then start and resume your salat. You can't be saying, no, I'm experiencing spotting now after three months and that is nifas. That will not be nifas. That will be istihada. So you have to continue your salat and resume your salat and all the salat you must after 60 days, you have to make qaza of that as well. Mufti, I'm sad. My sister badmouth everyone, but treat by nice front. She smiles, befriend them as if nothing has happened. Can Mufti please give some advice? This is a sign of nifaq and hypocrisy. Mustafa وسلم, said the people who are Zulwajhain, they have two faces. When they are behind you, then they are mocking you, gossiping about you, backbiting. And when they come in front of you, then they are smiling, all friendly. Such people end up in Jahannam and in the fire because this is a proper sign of nifaq and hypocrisy. So you need to explain to your sister or whoever the person is that this type of behavior is not permissible, is not acceptable, but do so when she's alone and in a good mood. Keep those SMSs coming to the number 47913. If you've just tuned in, the program is Q&A yeah, on The Voice of the Cape 91.3 FM with myself, Mohammed Zain Majid, uh, on the line line from Johannesburg, answering your questions, Mufti Abdul Qadir Hussain. Now, if one sees that one's aunt is not being properly uh, being taken care of, Mufti, uh, by her own children, uh, if I say something, uh, am I wrong or am I doing the right thing uh, to point out what they are not doing, Mufti? If your mother's sister or your father's sister is being ill-treated by her children and they have like a no-care attitude, then it is your duty, first verify it with her, that you know they can treat her better and so forth, then it is your duty to bring it to their attention. In these type of things, remember, we maintain the family ties, but when people are wrong, then we must make ta'muruna bil ma'roof, you command the good and forbid the evil, but do it with a bit of diplomacy so that you don't sever the family ties. Shukran, indeed. Going on to our next question, Mufti. It says, until what time can one read Aisha Salah and how long does Makru time last at sunrise, Mufti? Remember, Isha Salah, for example, now in Cape Town, I don't know exactly, but just I'm giving estimation now. Say, quarter past nine, half past nine, your Isha time starts, for example. So that will continue right till midnight. So now from quarter past half past nine, right till midnight, you got time. After midnight, it becomes makru. And then on your timetable, you will see there the suhoor time. When the suhoor time ends, then remember there's the time the Isha time ends. When we say Isha is makru after midnight, that refers to the first salat, not the witter and so forth. That is best that you delay it if you are waking up for tahajjud. You are waking up 2 o'clock, 3 o'clock or so, then you read your tahajjud salat and then your witter. Mustafa sallallahu alayhi wa sallam said, Ijalu akhira salatikum billayli witra. The hadith is authentic in Sahih Muslim. Make witter your last salat. But if you're not going to wake up, you're not sure, then rather read your witter before you go and sleep. So after midnight, right till the seri time ends, that time is makru, but you must still perform it. Now, Mufti, we see in South Africa, it's common for women to go on Umrah and Hajj without a mahram. Uh, the uh, travel agents appoints a mahram for them. Is this permissible? The travel agent does not appoint a mahram for them. He is just 
deceiving them, he will not help mark. So the bottom line is, Quran Karim states, Yu'minuna bil ghaib, that you must believe in the unseen. The travel agents say, yeah, Yu'minuna bil jayb, ekwal biki and mesakasak. So he wants to put money in his pocket. So therefore, you can't bend and change the masla like that. Umrah, according to no scholar among the four schools, do they say that it is permissible for a lady to go alone over a group of ladies and perform Umrah. So that definitely is not permissible, no, according to Shafi's, Hanafi's, Ambali's, Maliki's, is it permissible. For further Hajj only, is it permissible that she goes with a group of ladies? If the lady does not have mahram, according to Shafi's and Maliki's, and Nafil Hajj is not permissible according to anybody. So we should not try and fit the Sharia Islam into our worms and fancies. We must fit into the Sharia and not the other way around. Shikha Mufti, next question. It says, Mufti, I love dhikr and maulud, but uh, some people say that it is bid'ah. Um, I am confused because all we are reciting is salawat and athkar that is in the Quran and hadith, Mufti. MashaAllah, may Almighty Allah keep you steadfast. When one studies the noble Quran, Quran Kareem teaches us, وَذَاكِرِينَ اللَّهَ كَثِيرًا وَذَاكِرَاتٍ those male and those female who remember all Mecca Allah abundantly and profusely. So when you make abundant zikr, so that is wonderful. The problem comes about when we confine it only Thursday night or only this Rabiul Awal or only 12 Rabiul Awal. That's where the problem comes about. Otherwise, you do it anytime and all that. So then it's excellent. There's no problem. Similarly, with Mawludun Nabi, when people confine it to a certain time, then becomes problematic. You do it any time of the year that you read salawat and salutations and make dua and so forth. So that is permissible, but there must be no intermingling, no music and all these type of issues. Salam Mufti, is it wrong of a woman who had an affair with a married man to go to his cupboard now and make dua while she is making tawbah every day and asking Allah for forgiveness for her? Her forgiveness is this, she must stay at home and beg Almighty Allah for forgiveness, not go to the cover. I relate to you one incident and give you the reference as well. The incident is mentioned in Sunan Nasai. One day Mustafa Rahmatullil Alameen Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam emerged from the Hujra Mubarakah, the house Mubarak, and from the opposite direction saw Sayyida Fatima radiallahu anha. Oh, Fatima, where did you go, my beloved daughter? She said, Ya Rasulullah, I went for Ta'ziya to offer condolences to that house there. Someone passed away. Oh, Fatima, radiallahu anha, did you go to the graveyard? She said, no. Now listen to the answer. Hypothetically, for argument's sake, Nabi alayhi salam told her to teach the ummah's ladies a lesson. If you went to the graveyard, O Fatima, then you also should enter the fire of hell. Allah forbid, Allah forbid. So it shows for the lady to go to the graveyard is not even permissible. So one wrong was the affair. So make tawbah. Secondly, that you want to make dua for all the Muslims, fine, you can make dua, but you don't go to the cupboard and the graveyard, you make dua from your house. Next question, it says, Mufti, why is it when the people who stand at the janaza in the grave, those uh, receiving the mayit, remove their shoes, but the grave digger does not, uh, can Mufti please elaborate, is there a difference between Hanafi and the Shafi view regarding this? 
No, there's no difference. Remember, it is best for the grave digger also to remove his shoes. But because they are digging so many graves now, so they feel they are exempted and they can just do so. So if they are sure that their shoes are tahir and clean and there's no najasit, no impurity, then it is permissible, but better to remove it. And the brothers who are inside the grave now, they're taking their mother's body or brother's body or father's body to lower it. Remember, it's best for them to remove their shoes as they are doing. And then when they take the body, they should read Bismillah wa ala millati Rasulillah. We should educate our brothers who are inside the grave that when, when taking the deceased body, the humayyid, then they should read the following dua, sunnah, Bismillah in the name of Allah wa ala millati Rasulillah on the religion of Mustafa Nabi Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. She can indeed, uh, the voice there of uh, Mufti Abdul Qadir Hussein. Uh, it's not a name program, so this is a lot of SMS that I'm going to take for the meaning of names. Um, uh, Mufti, can Mufti please give the meaning of the following two names, Rafiqa and Masnuna? What is the, yes, what is the first one? Uh, Rafiqa right. and Masnuna. Rafiqa means a companion. You know, when you are traveling, Muhammad Zain and myself, mm-hmm. Allah Ta'ala take us for Umrah, for Hajj, so we become Rafiqa Safar. So he is my companion in the journey, I am his companion. So Rafiqa will be companion. Masnuna will be Sunnah. Masnuna means a road, a path. And this path is a beautiful path, the path of Nabi Muhammad Mustafa Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. So if you keep your beloved daughter's name Rafiqa or Masnuna, both are wonderful good names. Mufti, my mom has passed on and my sister and her husband has moved into the house. Uh, I'm married uh, after my mom has passed on, but they have taken over the house. Can Mufti please give some advice? Okay, yeah, there are three issues. Number one, may all Allah, Jalla wa Allah, give mom jannatul firdaus. Second, you, the daughters, sons, family, all should be reading Surah 14, Surah Ibrahim, verse 41. Rabbana filli waliwalidayya walil mu'minina yawma yaqumul hisab. Oh, beloved Allah, forgive me. Forgive my beloved parents and the believers the day when the accountability is established. Third one, when Mami Rahimahallah passed away, so after the burial expenses, the deaths of the deceased, if she made wasiyah for none is, so that must be implemented, the maximum is one third of the total estate. Then fourth is the shares of the heirs. So shares of the heirs, we need to know who the heirs are. So far, I only know of two sisters or one brother, one sister. And now the one sister and her husband moved in. That is not permissible. That if they took the house over, then they must pay rental to the other heirs. So you brother, you sister who's not living there, you can tell them the market value and the market rate for this house is 3,000 rand, 5,000 rand. Their share is 1,000, so now the two, 3,000, for example, I'm just giving it random, so that amount, the rental, they have to pay. So all that, they can't just be going to the house and sitting there, relaxing there, usurping the rights of the other heirs, that's absolutely haram. She can read the voice of the Cape 91.3 FM and of course uh, the voice of Mufti Abdul Qadir Hussein. We still have time for you to send through your S- questions via the SMS line to the number 47913, 47913. Next question, Mufti, it says, can the ladies want to know, can you go to a ladies' night? Well, the ladies will have to wait for their answer after this.
Well, we continue now with uh, Q&A uh, on uh, The Voice of the Cape, 91.3 FM, with myself, Mohammed Zain Majid, and answering your questions on the line, Mufti Abdul Qadr Hussain. The question we posed, Mufti, before the break, it says, uh, the ladies wanted to know, can they go to a ladies' night, Mufti? When we say a ladies' night, normally it means that the ladies will meet up in some club or some place, then what will happen there? The ladies might engage in dancing, or there will be music there, or they'll be discussing their husbands to one another. My husband does this, her husband does this, and so forth. Or there will be other type of gossiping and backbiting, so definitely unacceptable. And remember, for the ladies, especially nighttime and that, to go out, they must take permission from their husbands, not just go around just alone, and that is very dangerous also nowadays. Mufti, I just wanted to know if non-Muslims die, do they also get questioned in the grave uh, or do they get uh, questioned on the day that they are buried, Mufti? For every person, there will be questioned in the grave and the person who is Muslim will say, Rabbi Allah, Allah is my Rabb and sustainer and my one I worship alone and Nabi Muhammad Mustafa sallallahu is my Nabi and Deenul Islam is my religion the non-Muslim will say ha ha la adri I don't know I don't know I don't know so from then already he will see his place already reserved for him in Jahannam and the Hellfire so both places both parties will be questioned one will be in the grave and one on the day of justice Shukran Mufti now Mufti I was married I got talaq uh, I did my idda period. Now my ex wants to say how much he misses me. Uh, he had me for halal while everything was halal. Now he wants me for haram. I don't think it's right. What must I do? Obviously, you must sever all ties with him. He used you already. He deflowered you. And now he wants to make you a bigger fool. So you must sever all ties with him. Do not answer the phone call, the messages. And he wants to use you as a spare wheel now. So you must must sever all ties with him, cut off all ties with him. Now, Mufti, my father passed away and my sister claims there is no inheritance but says she can go on Umrah with my deceased father's money. Uh, surely this is not acceptable? Obviously, it's not acceptable. You must take the Quran Sharif to her, Surah 4, <laughs> Surah Nisa, verses 13 and 14. If you do things properly, your father passed away, read Surah 14, verse 41. Allah grant him Jannah will fill those, and then all the heirs must inherit, the sons, the daughters, your mother, that is the wife of the deceased. So if she's still living, so it shows that you can't just have one daughter taking the money and say there's nothing, and then she goes to Umrah. Obviously, all that is haram, Surah 4, verse 14. She can indeed move on to our next question. It says, uh, can Mufti please advise on the following? My cousins are saying uh, that uh, their father passed away uh, quite a few years ago, but they are in constant communication with the deceased father. Is this by all possible, Mufti? Remember, this is known as Samai Mota. The question whether the dead listen or not, according to majority scholars, <coughs> it is best to abstain from these type of practices because we can never be sure that what you are doing is 100% correct because sometimes the shaitan comes and he brings his waswasa and whisperings. So therefore, my advice to all parties concerned, they must abstain from this practice here 
and rather worry about winding up the estate and so forth because justice delayed is justice denied. <coughs> Shukam Mufti, uh, my brother got married to a second wife and then he finds out his wife when he went to Dukum for his second wife. Is that right, Mufti? Just repeat the question. What's Dukum again? As Dukum stories, Mufti. It says, my brother got married to a second wife and then he finds out that his first wife went to Dukum, his second wife, Mufti. What's Dukum again? Dukum is a, sp- a spell, Mufti. Um, um, what's the name? Witchcraft. Witchcraft. Ah, 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 right. So we must remember that when he got married to the second one, now the first one or the second one or whoever went to Dukum, meaning that he went to get all this witchcraft, all that is haram, because if the first one went, she wants to break the second marriage. If the second one went, she wants to break the first marriage. To get involved in all this is absolutely haram. And according to Imam Malik, such people go out to the fall of Islam. According to Shafi's Hanbalis, they are Muslim, but remember it's a major, major sin. So remember, we must abstain from such practices and make sincere tawbah. Shukran Mufti. And then the next question, it says, should Muslims acknowledge Christmas celebrations as a recognition of commemorating the birth of Nabi Isa We'll get a comment from Mufti after this. Live from Cape Town, this is the Voice of the Cape. The Voice of the Cape. The Voice of the Cape. Welcome back. We're in the last few minutes of our program Q&A on uh, The Voice of the Cape. And uh, probably the last question that uh, uh, we're going to ask Mufti that we asked before the break. It says, uh, should Muslims acknowledge Christmas celebrations as a recognition of, the, of commemorating the birth of Nabi Isa, Islam, Mufti? Let us see what the Christians themselves say. The Christians themselves say for four centuries after the Mubarak blessed birth of Nabi Isa alayhi salatu salam, there were no celebrations. So this is a pagan practice. Nowhere does it say in the Bible or Christian scriptures that Nabi Isa alayhi salam was born on the 25th of December. Rather, this is a pagan practice. And look at what happened. Every Muslim, every honorable listener of Voice of the Cape, make a note in the year six. 1647-1647, the Puritan Parliament of England there in Britain, they banned Christmas celebration and said it is a pagan custom. So this has nothing to do, it is just a money-making thing to fool the Christians and so forth. If you go to Bethlehem and Palestine now, remember it is midwinter and very cold. And when you study the Quran Kareem, Surah Maryam, chapter 19, verses 20 to 26, where all Mighty Allah speaks of the birth of Nabi Isa salam, you will find it was summertime. All Mighty Allah made arrangements for the water. And you must shake the tree, the dates will fall. That happens in June, July. And even when you look at the Bible, you will find that the shepherds were taking out their flock and all these type of things. So to say that Jesus, peace be upon him, was born on 25th December, even the Coptic Church there in Egypt, the Christian Church doesn't accept it. The Russian Orthodox Church in Russia does not accept it. So it shows that it's a myth and it's not based on truth. Therefore, we reject it totally. 
Shukran indeed. Mufti, that then concludes all our questions uh, for this evening. And indeed, shukran to each and everyone for sending in their questions. Uh, that leaves us with about uh, four minutes for some nasikha, inshallah. Alhamdulillah, we are in the month of Rabiul Awal. Today is the second of Rabiul Awal. And when Rabiul Awal comes, then automatically we start thinking of the Milad Mubarak, the blessed birth of Mustafa Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, the wafat of Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, the demise of the Master Alayhi Salam, as both these events took place in the month of Rabiul Awal. So what hukuk rights does the Salam has over us, not only for Rabiul Awal, for all times and all places. Number one, we bring Iman in Nabi Muhammad Mustafa Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. Number two, love for Nabi Salam. How much love? La yu'minu ahadukum hatta akuna ahabba ilayhim yu walidihi wa waladihi wa nasi ajma'een. None of you can be a true believer. Until and unless you love me more than you love your own parents, your children, and all the people together, the hadith in Bukhari Sharif. So we must have that intense love for the Master, alayhi salam. Then with the love, we must have ittiba un Nabi sallallahu alayhi salam. Ittiba means immaculately to imitate Mustafa sallallahu alayhi salam. Quran Kareem tells us, Surah 3, verse 31, فَاتَّبِعُونِي يُحْبِبْكُمُ اللَّهِ when we imitate Mustafa sallallahu alayhi wasallam, you become the beloved of Allah. Thus, imitating does not mean only in a masjid or on a Friday or in Ramadan. No. In all walks of life, how do we imitate the Master salam, as a husband, as a father, as a businessman, as a politician? So in all walks of life, Ita'atun Nabi sallallahu alayhi wasallam regarding the speech Mubarak, we must obey the Master Mustafa sallallahu alayhi wasallam. And then the last one, Tabliq, take the message of Mustafa sallallahu alayhi wasallam to the whole world. That you must now have respect for Nabi alayhi salam, the Adab, and then you propagate the message of Nabi alayhi salam. So we as the Ummah need to realize Islam for all. All and all for Islam. So we must bring Iman, we must imitate the actions, we must love Nabi Salam, we must comply with the speech, we must show utmost reverence and respect. Almighty Allah address twenty five prophets salam, in the noble Quran. Allah Ta'ala use their names, Ya Zakariya, Ya Yahya, Ya Isa, Ya Dawood. When Almighty Allah address Mustafa Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, Ya Your Rasul, Ya Your Nabi, Ya Muzammil, Ya Muddasir, Allah Jalla Jalaluhu is showing so much love and respect for Nabi Alayhi Salam. So how much love and respect must we show? So that is the need of the time and to take the message of the Messenger, Rahmatulil Alameen, Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, to every hook and nook and corner. So that is what we need to do, not only in Rabiul Awal, but at all times, but in Rabiul Awal, we remind ourselves and remind humanity, may Almighty Allah bless the Ummah, bless you, Brother Muhammad Zain, and all the esteemed listeners. Shukran Jazeelan, Assalamu Alaikum wa Rahmatullahi wa Barakatuh. Jazakallah khair, Mufti Allah protect and guide you, inshallah, and we look forward Ameen. to speaking Ameen. to you again next week. Assalamu Alaikum wa Rahmatullahi wa Barakatuh. Well, that then concludes our Q&A program. That was the voice of uh, Mufti Abdul Qadir Hussain joining us on the line from Johannesburg answering all of your questions and shukran to each and everyone for sending in your questions and of course to all of you for tuning into the Voice of the Cape 91.3 FM.